Inspired by the radio code for in-service, Team 10-8 is dedicated to those who serve and sacrifice to keep us healthy, safe, and secure. And now, signing in, here's your host, Christian Lane. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Team 10-8. This episode is going to be a little bit different than what you're accustomed to because we don't have a guest this time around. I wanted to recap this past year, share some thoughts with you about the year, and say thank you to each and every one of you. Folks, this past year has been amazing. Not only have we grown from listeners in 200 cities around the world to listeners in more than 400 cities. Not only have our episode downloads doubled, but we've learned so much more than we knew going into this year. And it's in that spirit that I wanted to share with you the top three most listened to episodes and offer a bit of uh, my own kind of commentary on, on each of those episodes. So the results are in. Drum roll, please. The top three most listened to episodes are Brett and Ava Kalman, A Police Family's Battle with PTSD, Captain Steve Farina, Why We Are Our Own Worst Enemies, and Master Corporal John Dow, The Suicide Drug. So I want to talk a little bit about Brett and Ava's episode first, because that was, <clears throat> that was early on this year. And... Um, I got a hold of Brett through a Facebook post and I reached out and we talked a little bit and then he sent me a copy of his autograph copy of his book, which was very sweet. And, um, I read the book and it's not a heavy read. It's not a, it's not a lengthy tome, but I was struck by a couple of things. One, I was struck by how courageous it was to read about someone being so open with such a deeply, deeply personal matter. And the second thing that struck me about the book was how important and helpful it was having Ava's perspective written into it. And that's why I, when I started talking to Brett about doing the episode with him, um, I said, look, you know, we need to have, we need to have Ava. I, I need both of you on this, on this episode because that that's the only way that dual perspective is going to come out. Uh, and, and, and it was such a terrific opportunity to sit with them both and, and hear from each of them, what, what that post-traumatic stress disorder looked like and the impact it had on their family. You see, the person who's exposed to trauma is, is the primary. There's, there's no question. I mean, you're, you're the one that walked into and had to deal with this particular, uh, scenario. And in, and in Brett's case, it was, uh, a buildup of an, of a number of similar scenarios, all involving fire, which you wouldn't expect from a police officer. Um, but, uh, but that was the case for Brett and, uh, he, he was reeling from it, but trauma doesn't just impact the person who experiences it. It, impacts the people around them, the, the people that love them and care for them. And, um, and in certain ways, just as, just as impactfully. 
And so it was fascinating to, to hear from both of them, um, and get a glimpse into what, what trauma exposure, what the impact of trauma exposure looks like behind closed doors, behind, behind drawn blinds, what it looks like in the home. And I think that was something that we can all relate to in one way, shape or form or another, whether or not you yourself are, are in a public safety role, uh, or, you know, family who have, um, I think most of us have probably experienced trauma in some form, shape or another in our lives. And if you really reflect on it and think about it, um, probably expressed, expressed that exposure in, in, in ways that impacted your, your families and the people closest to you. And, and so it was a, it was a really, really terrific, uh, conversation with the two of them. And I came away with a much deeper appreciation for, for what trauma can and does do, not just to the person who experiences it, but to the people around them. Here's, here's a quick clip from that episode that I think illustrates what I'm getting at here. Ava, what was it like for you um, hearing him for the first time say that he thought he was going to die? It was scary because he's never said that before. As he said, he always feels prepared when he goes to a call. And that's what he always says to me. I'm always prepared. I know I'm coming home to you. Everything's going to be okay. And that was the first time he was vulnerable, right? And I didn't know what to do. I really didn't know how to handle that and what to say, um, except for just being there for him and listening. And that's what I did. I just listened to him. And anytime he wanted to talk about it, um, whether or not it was that first call or subsequent calls, I was there always to listen to him. And I think that that helped him, you know, between listening to him and encouraging him to get help. I think that's what saved him. Our second most listened to episode was with Captain Steve Farina. Uh, Steve is a firefighter uh, with a lower mainland BC fire department and uh, an advocate for first responder mental health and not expressly, but men's mental health. And I think that conversation that, that he and I had was one that I will always remember um, for a couple of reasons. The first is, Steve, uh, I feel like this translates in the episode, but uh, Steve is one of those people that when you speak to them, you're caught up in 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 that energy level. And that person's like, Steve's got a tremendous amount of energy. Um, he He's a very positive guy and it was very easy to um, to speak with him. It was uh, a, a very, very enjoyable, upbeat, um, and energetic conversation about issues that are that are so incredibly important. And the second reason that really stands out for me, or the second thing that really stands out for me about that show was, um, while while we were absolutely talking about um, first responder mental health and the importance of um, the importance of ensuring that all of our public safety professionals who are in these professions um, and exposed to to things that that many of us will never have to concern ourselves with, hopefully, um, overwhelmingly those professions are dominated by men, 
And let's face it, men do a really terrible job at acknowledging the health impacts, the mental health impacts of the professions that they've chosen um, and do an even lousier job, statistically speaking, um, in opening ourselves up and being vulnerable as a step towards getting better. And if you haven't listened to that episode in its entirety, particularly if you're a man, you need to. You need to hear why it's okay. You need to hear why it's critical that you, one, acknowledge that you got some stuff going on, and two, be courageous in opening up and allowing yourself to be vulnerable. There's, there's no shame in that. None at all. Because if you don't, statistics paint a very bleak, bleak picture. And uh, this one guy, basically, he was suicidal. We didn't know until after. And uh, he, I knew he was in a bad way because he reached out and his wife had reached out. And I'm like, gonna get you in the program, man. This, we're gonna get you help. And this is gonna be the start of it. And I mentioned the 7K drive up on the gravel road to get to this retreat center. Well, he tells me later that several times he thought about driving into a tree on the way up there. Wow. And that was, it kind of stopped me in my tracks. And I was like, holy shit. Because but I'm on a, he's on a, he it literally saved his life. And he goes, you saved my life. And uh, he took me out for lunch, him and his wife uh, down here, Cactus Club. And I remember sitting across from him, him telling me that. We're all crying, a bunch of babies sobbing away in the Cactus Club. And uh, I said, I didn't do anything, that. I literally connected you to a couple of amazing humans and an amazing program, and you did all of the heavy lifting. And that needs to be acknowledged. And your spouse was supportive of you through that super dark time. And so together, Look what you did, and it. And he got back to work. The dude's retired now, and those kind of stories. If that was the only save we had in that program, we could shut up shop and be totally content. But we've been doing this for a while now, and that's. There's so many stories now of people in a dark place finding hope in that, and it put them on a trajectory where they've got help and get connected and got back to work, and they went from surviving to thriving, man. So that. To me, this being a small part of this, that's why I do the work I do. And finally, our third most listened to episode is Master Corporal John Dow, The Suicide Drug. John is uh, another energetic guy, and he knows what he's talking about. Uh, John is someone I'd been following on Twitter for quite some time and uh, and reading his his posts about... Uh, what he calls quinism. Now, quinism is uh, a term used for um, the effects that someone experiences as a result of um, the administration of an anti-malarial drug called mefloquine. Now, you wouldn't think that would make for a tremendously exciting episode, but it really did. And um, here's why. Mefloquine is administered by the Canadian Armed Forces to all soldiers deployed overseas. And not just soldiers, it's administered by the government of Canada to civilian employees, including police officers and others, who are deployed as a component of international missions with, with Canadian Armed Forces. 
And the drug amongst some people results in behavior that is um, that shares some similarities, symptomatic similarities with post-traumatic stress disorder diagnosis. And John shared a particularly interesting perspective on this as it relates to Canada's last war in Afghanistan. Mefloquine was administered to every soldier that deployed to Afghanistan, which is Canada's last major combat um, in its history. And overwhelmingly, our PTSD diagnoses um, statistics from that conflict are far and away greater than, um, on a per capita basis, far and away greater than than any previous diagnoses of uh, of post traumatic stress in any deployment. Uh, and that's a pretty interesting thing to consider when uh, when you marry those two things up. And so here's John talking a little bit about that. When you had this crazy, unhistorical rate of 20% PTSD on those who came back from Afghanistan, then you would have to look at a better reasoning as to why, for so many who were static and behind the wire, who didn't have any presentable critical incident that they could attribute their PTSD symptoms to, but yet coming forward with claims. If you had controlled or understood the symptomatic exposure of methylene, then you would have more understood this operational exposure can be partly to blame. When we started this project, it was part hobby and part sort of curiosity experience. But as the show has grown, I've come to realize it's so much more. I've come to realize just how important it is to get these stories and issues out into the public discourse. You see, you you don't get to hear this part, but at the end of each interview, I ask every guest one question. How do you feel? And overwhelmingly, every guest tells me, "I, I feel great. I didn't realize how impactful it would be for the people who join this show to share of themselves. These are people who, for the most part, go unnoticed and under life's radar unless they make a mistake. These are people who don't get a chance to tell their story or share their perspective, much less introduce and publicly discuss issues that are important to them because they're not celebrities or politicians. What I have also come to understand is just how much we can learn from them and the people around us, from people who lead the same ordinary lives that we do, people who share some of the same struggles that we do, people who enjoy some of the same pastimes that we do, people who are mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters, people who are our neighbors, who coach our kids and who volunteer in our communities. If you believe, like I do, that we can all learn from each other, if you believe, like I do, that the people who step into careers in public safety, into careers dedicated to the service of others, that they deserve to be heard, I need you to do me a favor. If you're listening to this episode on Apple Podcasts on your smartphone, have a look at your phone, click on those three little dots. Now click go to show, scroll down until you see ratings and reviews, and tap the fifth star. 
That's it. That's all. See, you do that, and enough of you do that, and Apple's algorithms and all the other podcast platform algorithms start to shift, and the math changes a little bit, and a show like this moves a little bit higher up the pole and gets a little more notice, which means a few more people can hear these stories. And while you're there, if you have some thoughts about the show, why not write a quick review? You can press pause on the episode right now, type in your comments, and then hit send. And before I wrap up, I want to personally thank each and every one of you for spending time with me and for listening to this show and for sharing the same desire I have to honor service and sacrifice through listening. It means an awful lot to me. Most importantly, it means a lot to our guests. And I thank you for that. And until next time, stay safe, everyone.